When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. And welcome to a continuation of Listener Submit It Month. This week, we've got an email suggesting that we watch 1991's Night Killer. Um, Night Killer! So here we go. Wait, Kyle, you just gave me a great idea. This is the Night Killer! Very Instead nice. Instead of painkiller, it's nightkiller. I, I like this. All right. Well, here we go. Here's our here's our email. Here's the person who put us through this. It says, hey, it's Ray from the Facebook group and a proud Patreon subscriber. I believe Thanks, I told Ray. Scott about this one, Nightkiller. It came out in 1990, and it's just ridiculous, especially since the plot as follows, in my own words, is an asthmatic woman, or I'm sorry, an amnesiac woman <laughs> who survived the attack of a serial killer who wears a rubber mask and a giant rubber monster hand with long nails not kidding is still being terrorized all the while the police try to stop his rampage it's an italian production filmed in the u.s and was labeled as being part of the texas chainsaw series in italy it has zero connection to the series and it's free on youtube but they edit it the gore and the boobs out tubi is the way to go sorry about that if anything is always the way to go Always. If anything, the confusing phone conversation that happens within the first 20 minutes is worth the price of admission. It runs about 85 minutes. Not blissfully short, but just about five minutes shy of the sweet spot. Guys, I'm going to tell you something right now. I fucking love this movie. Yes, me too! <laughs> I, I have so, so much fun with this movie. This, was, this is one of those movies that is greater than the sum of its parts. Because yes. like its parts are insane, right? No. They're big. They're big misses, actually, in some well, HMN so uh, many, circles. Like so it was, I was, bad. I was worried about the rapiness. Like, yeah, anybody so catch? Much. It's like almost there. But we right. all, do we all know who the writer and director is of this, or am I the only one that looked this Bruno. up? Bruno. No, this is from wow. the guy who wrote and directed Troll Two, 
and Monster Dog. Oh. In fact, it came out the same year as Troll 2. So he was just causing havoc all over the U.S. with <laughs> yeah. his broken English, yeah. like his broken yeah. English scripts. No, Bruno Mattai only came in to do like the gore scenes, basically. Okay. Yeah. Like, yes. So all the all the fists through the bodies, I would imagine, which. I don't know how humans, a, a humans Halloween do. costume can do so much damage. Well, well so that's <laughs> so the thing. Damage. So apparently, like, whereas Troll 2 was Claudio's horror movie, with this one, he was really seeing this as, like, his, like, psycho-type movie. Like, this was going to be a more grounded, like, thriller. And then the producers were like, we want a horror movie. And he's like, well, I don't want you, this to be a horror movie. So then they just went out and hired Bruno to just film gore scenes for them to insert into the movie, which is why it's like Maybe. basically the exact same shot of a hand coming through a chest for just, every single kill. Hey, it's hey, just man, a few different chests. Yeah. I, I, can, can we not use the word insert at all today? <laughs> Listen, literally 10 seconds into this movie, and this is a trend in Italian slasher films of the yeah, 80s dog. and 90s. Like, no buildup, just like... Here we are. People are dancing. Like, yeah. we have this oh. weird musical performance, and I so already am like, I love this movie. Yeah, I love no, everything about this. So I need to give a little bit of backstory on why I was such a huge cheerleader for this, um, for listeners of Minute Month. I, sometime in the last calendar year, I was talking on an episode about, oh, I, I don't, I have this memory, but I don't know, uh, from a horror movie, but I don't know what it's actually from. And Ray reached out and said, hey, it might be Night Killer. And I was like, thank you so much. It's not Night Killer, but I watched the first 10 minutes of this and this is amazing. And yeah. so in the first minute, you see two dancers warming up by doing the Roger fucking rabbit. Yep. And I have not seen that <laughs> since a high or a junior high dance in like 1994. They don't do it great either. No, if this but this is like if this is like rehearsal before like the week if this is hell week cuz they're in the theater, like I they need a lot more practice. They yeah, need to this work is, on it. It was their like shit. tech week. They're like <laughs> there was, yeah, they're in the theater and I'm like jeez. I love how they're they're um they're so for the uninitiated, which is probably 99% of people listening, the, the movie starts off with this this ball buster of a choreographer slash director like yelling at her dancers who are doing like modern dance in the what looks like a Dante's Inferno type I setup. really I, thought that we were going to be here the whole time. I got like super excited. I'm like, is this yeah. like another stage fright? Like, are we going to just like live in the like theater yeah, for the rest of the movie? It, I was <laughs> so since I didn't watch much past the first couple first two kills, whatever it is, I was like, oh, it's going to go back to the theater, and I know exactly what nope. my double feature will be. No, doesn't mm -hmm. go back at all. Never comes it, back. So it's the, insane that this was promoted. Side note, as a as a TCM Texas Chains movie. Because the killer is so clearly designed to look like Freddy that it's like, how did, if you were going to promote it as anything in Italy, why not another Nightmare on Elm Street movie? Because, because Leatherface was right. already in production? I don't know. Yeah. I have no well, idea what the, I want to know more about why that happened. And I looked, I thought maybe Vinegar Syndrome put out the disc. They did not. It was Severin, which also makes, makes a lot of sense. This is so much more Severin than, yeah. What, so what I think of when I think of Giallo Blu-rays, I think of Severin because yeah. like, yeah. this is, this is a Giallo. Like it's not a horror movie. It's, it, it it's way too erotic. 
um, yeah. to be a horror movie. But yeah. when you have a masked faced killer who's yeah, his total MO is is kind of doing like a real life Freddy thing. It works for the show and it's yeah. so ridiculous that it's just it's great. Let me go through I, I think that you know, we're never very good at this part of this the show when there's no, we get excited. We do get excited and we just want to talk about the stuff that we love. Now, I think that this movie bears some explanation with the plot because I think that the listeners need to understand Guys, the two of you tell me, do we give away the plot or not here? I mean, this I movie actually, is fucking 30-some years old. This is an old yeah. movie. I I think, here's the thing. If as we're walking through this movie, you are feeling more and more like you want to see this movie, then at any point, feel free to pause it, watch the movie, it's free on Tubi, and then come back and finish out the episode. But I don't think that we should hinder ourselves from the chaos okay, sure. that is the rest of this movie, because well, listen, not chaos. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go into any spoilers here too deeply. But when someone gets stabbed in the dick in your third act, we got to <laughs> get to that point of the movie. It's important. <laughs> it's an important plot point. Oh man, this uh, seems like a pointed. movie that when I was wa- like I was watching it, and it's been a long time since I've watched a movie where this ran through my head in the viewing was like. I cannot wait to watch this with a group of people. Oh, my God. I know. Because it's like Dude. it's so the, the best way to watch this with a group of people because there are so many boring lulls where you then have like conversation with people. But then there's like insane dialogue moments or like yeah. just crazy oh. chase scenes where you're like, OK, back in, back in. Yeah. And I think that that's where it does become a little bit difficult for us to discuss it because it's like, yeah, you there's I would say there are maybe three three or four big moments that make this movie absolutely worth watching uh-huh. and then in between all of those times is just kind of a really weird like psychosexual exploitation grindhouse like kind of gross at times very misogynistic at times like yeah. Movie, but the thing, the, so I, I but it's agree so with dumb you can't that. take any of it seriously. Like that, that's almost, what I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, and also yeah. so much of the the grindhouseness is the implication. Oh, it's not the implication. Things don't. It, it's the 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 threat of yes essay. Sure. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. And when we get to the denouement. Of the very end of the fucking movie, so because like I was watching it this all, movie and I'm I'm confused yeah. and I was actively watching this because I'm like, what yeah. am I missing? And yeah. when you get to the true, because I I kind of figured it out and then they spoon feed it to you at the very end. W- once I figured it out, I was like, oh, this makes so much sense and it actually kind of wraps up everything in a beautiful little bow and it's kind of awesome, you know, like it's not. I don't want to call this movie smart because it's not, no. but no. I I do feel like. But it this knew movie its ending. Is clever. And worked its way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, like I, they really they it was basically like I think you should. Like Scott, I think you should. You should, you should then, do it. You should say the. You should tell the movie. You should say the movie for okay. the yeah. unmissioned. No, okay. I think we need to I. because because here's the thing: these movies always become really difficult. Because similar and look, this movie's a hell of a lot more intelligent than Troll Two is, but yeah. like. Oh, yeah. But, like, with movies like this, part of me has to wonder, 
is part of the problem literally that it is a person who barely speaks English writing an English script and that like the parts that feel off or weird on the pathway are just because things are getting lost in a translation portion of it because I agree with you it's not like the smartest script in the world but all of the puzzle pieces do make logical sense where they're falling it's just like we can jump into this I would say the part that Ray calls out in her email is that there's a phone call between our survivor girl Melanie and her ex-husband that is like so strange where you're only hearing like parts of it and like you don't see who the ex-husband is just yet but you see like a gloved hand slamming shots at the bar or whatever and then this is Melanie Beck yeah then we (laughs) but then we get to like that pure Lost in translation Italian moment where Melanie is just naked, staring at herself in the mirror, <laughs> monologuing all of the exposition oh. you need to know about her character. Oh, oh you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's, the, that's the um, that's the breast exam time. I mean, it's yeah. As, as is Melanie typical. Bank. I can't get my, t- I <laughs> can't get my Beck. tit out. I can't camera. wait five Mrs. minutes, Mel- Mrs. Beck. I'm too Which, horny. <laughs> I got Beck's for my drink of beer in oh, honor of Miss Melanie nice. Beck and her husband. I don't husband. think there's ever been a movie where we have been more sure what the a character's name is than mm. this movie. Because uh, no, 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 no. They say Melanie Beck three. plenty of times. Okay, yes, yeah, yeah. Carolyn. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I could not, for the life of me, find a fucking drink to go with this movie um, until I looked in my fridge and I smacked my forehead and I'm like, Scott, you're an idiot, because I love San Pellegrino. And I had one that's blood orange and prickly pear. Hell yes. I mean, Italians aren't really known for their beer. And I know I've Mm. done wine before, but I have Mm. not done a a sparkling Italian sparkling drink in Stilicious. Cheers, Cheers to Night Killer. Yeah, you you gotta have your sparkling drink so that you don't get drunk, so you don't get attacked. Bex non-alcoholic is more expensive than regular Bex. It's because they have to remove the alcohol. That's why. It's a whole process. The only note that I want to read out loud uh, verbatim as I wrote it was while I was watching this movie, you know, Melanie's being uh, called on the phone and she starts to run to the door. And I wrote, man, for a movie called Night Killer, he certainly likes to kill during broad daylight. (laughs) How did that not? What's more confusing, that or Texas Chainsaw 3? What's the most? Well, at least there's a chainsaw in Texas Chainsaw 3. That's true. There's no night uh, in this movie. It's all daytime. But then, yes, we see see her getting attacked. And then it kind of jumps ahead a little bit here, which is actually a pretty cool idea because her character has amnesia. And by not showing us what happened beyond that moment in the room, except for news reports, we have the exact same knowledge base as the main character that we're following, which is a very smart screenplay writing device based on how the twist of this movie ultimately plays out. To have seen more than that up until that point would have given us more information than we needed to move forward. Um, And then it, kind of is just this weird like she's being stalked by a guy who follows her into the bathroom yeah and it's like he he's like 
hitting on her while he's driving and while they're driving on the street and then she has a gun and she makes him take his clothes off in the stall and then put them and in the toilet. He's just rocking a nice tight blue speedo underneath everything. Yeah. As it looks you like do in the hotel looks like it came from the hotel pool. Yeah. And there I mean, was a moment there's a she tells him to throw Virginia his clothes Beach in the, the toilet and flush it and until they cut to the next shot I literally thought that they were implying that he somehow flushed his pants and toilet into the sewer system because like that was the logic that the movie was throwing at it me wasn't, at that point. It, it's not far off from what what it could have been an easy yeah. option for them. <laughs> I, like, I, oh, I, there I go the pants. We do need to also give credit for another great line because um, she goes, put your clothes in the toilet and he goes, put your clothes in there and she go, he goes, in the toilet and she goes, shouldn't be new for an asshole like you. You're full of shit yourself. <laughs> so then he is, he puts his clothes back on and no, he doesn't. He leaves. He leaves no, he, naked. And a he's guy got goes, more clothes in his car. Then, yeah, he yes, had a backup pair of clothes okay. in his car. Apparently, that because because that's where we get the infamous line when he's leaving. And the guy who's working the front desk is like, "Hey, buddy, what happened to your clothes?" And he just turns around and goes, "I got molested in the little boy's uh, room." And then like continues <laughs> out okay, the so, door. Hey, remember <laughs> when I said that I was actively watching this movie? I totally missed that part. <laughs> It's worth a rewatch, dude. This Hell movie yeah. is a fucking wild. Carly that, and I that moments. delivery I mean, is like, that is one of those moments again where you're like, I feel like the Google translator gave him the wrong word for whatever sentence he was supposed to scream in yeah. that moment. Yeah. Like, no, it's completely wrong. And then, and that, I mean, th this first act is completely worth the price of mission alone because, uh, well, right before they get to that bathroom, he follows her car down a dead end to which we then cut to the main drag of Virginia Beach. There's <laughs> yeah. literally a sign that says dead end on the street that they turned down and then we're just on the fucking drag, which is amazing. But then um, we go right to, I guess, Virginia Beach. I've never been. Oh, and then he uh, like drowns where... her. He, he basically is like, you're because she's going to like take pills. She's going to kill herself. Yeah, she kill she herself, has this but... beautiful dress that turns into a beach blanket, apparently. <laughs> Um, that she lays out all the bottles of pills that she took from the hospital that she was at after she got attacked by this night killer in broad daylight. And uh, she wants to just kill herself. She just wants to die. And he, instead of uh, what we assume is going to be abuse her more because he was a creep and was following but he her. Kinda he kind of does. You That's know? what I mean. Everything he's is so confusing. He fucks her up in this ocean. He's like, uh, he like Carl dunks her until she pukes up the pills. Yeah, which is was like, hey, man, you got other options. The yeah. seawater, I mean, I, it's not a holistic me medicine thing that, like, seawater is going to help you puke. It it did with the way that you made her swallow how that much uh She swallowed water, a small, great, le a was, less great yeah. lake. <laughs> yeah. yeah, an okay lake. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a mediocre lake. Better than good lake. But then uh, but he, but he takes her to this hotel, and he keeps her there and is, like, mentally – he's, like, Stockholm syndroming That's her. what I was going to say. He Stockholm yes. syndromes her. And then there's a part – I can't remember the context of this. I just have the question written down of where did the fried chicken come from because he's, like, talking to her. Oh, at one he brings point. it to her, yeah. Okay, he does bring it to her because at yeah. one point they're talking and I just see him pull a piece of fried chicken out of nowhere to, to offer her. And I'm like, mm -hmm. where did this come from? But, yes, one he, of my he, brain, he essentially is brainwashing her – to be subservient to him in a way like I, it's this is like my least favorite plot point yeah. of this 
of this movie. It, it, a little it's icky. a real slog. I feel like if I was watching this in a group, I would be like talking a lot to try and yeah. bring attention away from what I am showing people. You know, well, it's it's yes. almost like they're trying. To, like when I was watching it, I'm like, man, they really want us to think that this is the guy who's also wearing the mask. Like, right. Like, and oh, it's and like, in but, the middle of it, he's like, I gotta go. And then we see this woman who's a scientist. You know, she's a scientist because she's hot, but she has glasses. And yep, then yep. she gets killed in an aquarium. Um, yeah, or something like it that. Was a, yeah. And then, or she gets like smothered, and then she gets taken to some second location and has a mask and glove put on her, and then like wax put over her boobs it's a real tourist trap moment I yes. will lie. two <laughs> different two different women uh that happens too but they are back to back okay and this reporter yes just okay. always catching hot scoops to explain to us the audience what's happening i guess uh and to all of virginia beach but no they're they're but they they cut them between this man who is keeping mrs melanie beck hostage <laughs> in his hotel room feeding her chicken and my favorite letterbox review was like this is the um the second best example of psychosexual use of fried chicken besides killer joe r.i.p uh, william friedkin um and it's true <laughs> because i've never used fried chicken i've never seen fried chicken used in this way except for uh except for here and killer joe so um but then it's it is it's a great tourist trap moment uh of being dipped in her wax, heart explodes even though he fried, for sure for sure even though he bought that mask at CVS, uh, clear as day. Bro, I wish I've they sold that, that mask, mask at CVS. That would be incredible. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Who's going to be Night Killer? Is Trick or Treat Studios going to put out a Night Killer mask anytime soon? I uh, talk to Severin about it. Yeah, I was about to say, like, I know you got Severin on the line, so just. <laughs> I do. Did you guys catch that one, that one line that the woman in the blue dress says? She's grabbing a Night Killer's dick, and she goes, why, grandmother, what a big schlong you have. You have. There are so many <laughs> lines in this movie that I wish there was a good theme that I could do a cover of because mm, there right. are, I just, it would literally just be a clip show, like an audio clip show with me just doing a couple riffs in between because there's some gold here. There's a lot happening here, but there is. There's no. Uh, actually, I think I had, did I have a note about the music? No, because I, it was. There it wasn't was, much. There wasn't much, and what there was didn't make a ton of sense. Like, it was kind of, there was, like, synthy stuff happening in a moment that, like, did not need it. Um, it was very mismatched. And, again, like, the fact that they even thought that this was Texas Chainsaw, like, even proclaimed that it was Texas Chainsaw 3 in Italy when it was Virginia Beach winter. I still can't get over it. <laughs> it was, like, it's fucking dead streets. Like, there's no... Like there's nobody out How there. How cold was it? Do you coats. think when she was getting dunked in the fucking su- uh, the ocean? Apparently, it was so fucking cold. And apparently, those two actors did not like each other very much. I would never uh, guess that they had so much on-screen chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's very apparent. Their on-screen lack thereof on-screen chemistry was um was pretty atrocious. Well, actually, the and chemistry worked bad. well. Their their lack of chemistry worked well when he's like well, trying it, to abuse her in the hotel room. It's tr- that is true because it did play into like he's just a really good actor of what he needs to be for the twist to work, but like I was like this is uncomfortable and we are not having lots of fun here on this no, set. No. No, but um, so we get to the it's point It's my favorite where- Christmas movie. Well, okay, so this could have been a Christmas movie. I think that you might change that 
decision about your favorite Christmas movie when you watch what I'm picking for December. Um, ah, okay. But at the same time, um, I so I think we need to get to the very end of this movie. Well, so I was just thinking we need to introduce a thing that, like we said, uh, Melanie Beck and her former police officer husband mm-hmm. are divorcing uh, and are going through a messy breakup, and they have a daughter. And now that the daughter, the Annie? the father, yeah, I guess so. Sure, whatever. Is all I remember was Melanie Beck. Um, How could you forget Miss Melanie? The Beck. father's kind of MIA now. Melanie has amnesia, so they have gifted the daughter to the next door neighbors for the time being. Who uh, the the husband has a scar on his face from when he was the one that showed up and stopped Melanie from being murdered and fought off the, the mess, the assailant. Yeah, he fought off the night killer. And that brings us to the reveal that I mean I think we all kind of I mean, did we, when did we know? No, I, I knew it when I didn't know. I oh, sure really did almost know. immediately when the second that he showed up with that scar and he's like I got this nasty scar on my face. I'm like that motherfucker scarred himself. I thought <laughs> yeah. he cut himself to take oh, suspicion sure. off of him, but yeah. like I was like that's the one who did it. And yeah. but the, throughout the movie, every single character is shot in a way at least once. To make it seem like they're the killer, even when it's physically impossible. Like, yeah. I think my favorite was that their daughter yells at the the woman who's kind of like her guardian at this point. She's mm. like, you're not my mother. And then the woman just like stares into the camera for about 10 seconds. And I'm like, what is this shot? <sighs> if not everyone's a suspect. Yeah, if not to make the audience go, Ooh, maybe she's the one that's been putting yeah. the mask on. Yeah, definitely yeah, well, the night killer is a woman, guys. Yeah, that's what so, I mean. It was like it was so dumb how they would just frame every single character as a potential suspect, even when we're like, that's look, we narrowed thing. it down. Yeah, we yeah, narrowed it, it down it to is. it's we watched definitely the queen a man. Seven times or whatever. That's true. Red queen that's kills true. seven times. Yeah, we did. I gotta um, figure out what Giallo. It's been a while. I mean, this this kind of covers it for a little bit, but yeah. I'll, I'll find. I mean, there are the big ones that you have not yeah. touched. So Scarface, we so find out comes, Scarface is the killer. It's basically what yeah, we're yeah. So to. Sherman is the killer. Next door neighbor is the killer. Is because he really wanted to bang mrs beck and she was a tease i guess um yeah. which is it's that sounds very incel classic um but then he gets shot and killed by the guy that he was gets, holding her cons he gets stabbed in the dick he gets first. stabbed in the we dick yeah i don't know i was that. trying to keep that That's as a surprise huge. for the watcher but um so yeah he gets he gets stabbed in the fucking dick and then he gets shot a bunch of times in the chest by the guy that had had her hostage turns out is her estranged husband which is when you see when i figured that out i was like okay this movie is super clever for what it is because yeah. i love that he was basically trying to reverse brainwash her and yeah, remind yeah. her of her missing memories um and then we get a second fake out where little shit annie opens her christmas presents too early well, and there's a I wanna, night killer i want to pa- i want to pause before that because I need to stress that the actress that they've cast to play this daughter, I don't know how old the daughter is supposed to be. He's got my, she's got my wife's 30. haircut from Yeah, that I was going to say, she's <laughs> got, she at a minimum looks about 12 or 13 years old. Yeah, and but she talks like she's six. She she's talks playing like she's six. six or seven. I was going to no say, doubt. there's definitely a scene where they are laying in bed together, which already 12, 13, weird, and they are having the time of their fucking lives doing the, 
Here's the church. Here's the steeple. Open the door. There's the people. My and two and a half year old son is already over that. <laughs> he like he's over that shit. Listen, well, this thirteen year old fucking loves it. Yeah. So true. you know. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And I wrote, I don't <laughs> hate this ending. I love this ending that she sneaks down. And she goes, opens Mrs. the back. She's like, how is, so this is like the Halloween four of it all. Somehow. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. I do really like this ending. And the reason why I like this ending is keep in mind that while all of this is happening, she has been living with Sherman this entire time. So like we we have no, because they do so little to show what's going on with Anne beyond establishing her in like two scenes up until the ending of the movie. We have no clue. Sherman could have fully fucking brainwashed her as a plan B uh, if something was to happen to her. I'd fucking buy that for a dollar. Night Killer 2. Let's do it. 2025. Let's go. Hey, Kyle, remember a while ago we we talked about like if 2B came to you and was like, you can revamp or redo anything? (laughs) I think think we found your call, man. It's like, hey, you guys already got Night Killer. How yeah. do you feel? How do you, about, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think? Listen, how about, listen. And, uh, how I know about you've all seen Night Killer. Twilight Killer. It, <laughs> how about and it's Mid-Afternoon early Killer. <laughs> yeah, how about yeah, right at, like, Broad Daylight killer. killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Brunch Killer. <laughs> brunch I Killer. Oh, brunch I killer. love it. Oh, fuck. All right, uh, so I didn't. I like that. I like that vibe. I did not. I did not pick up on that. And yeah, I, good job, I Matt. Like Matt is so good much job. smarter than the two of us today. I'm gonna. That gives me another half a star letterbox review just for that. <laughs> can you go back uh, in and update your letterbox? I can. Okay. Oh, he can. And I've done it. A and few times, I've got, especially depending on the Doritos. Can you, can you lower the uh, Freddy vs. Jason review that you have on it? <laughs> and I did. I think I even lowered my like overall, like because I have like the diary entry, and then I have my overall. I think I lowered it the last time we Good watched. I, so here's the thing. <laughs> with here's the big question with Kyle and I've learned this on Letterboxes for the most part Kyle and I agree on movies but how we decide to rank rate them is very different because I think I give stars based on an overall enjoyment of a movie whereas Kyle's still comes from a he's a filmmaker that wants to be taken seriously because he gave this shit one and a half stars which is just atrocious I I, I did and it's not it's it's certainly worth two. And I half. gave it three. Um, two and I and half. Three stars. My viewing is. My I viewing is three and a half. I mean, I don't yeah. have a letterbox because I don't want to fall down that rabbit hole because I know that yeah. I would have a fucking blast. Um, yeah. But uh, I think I was just like super not stoked on the on the essay stuff. Uh, in the like, middle, yeah. The we second getting, act yeah, is really like the, the center of this movie is really rough. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Listen, yeah, yeah. as someone who just recently rewatched Sleepaway Camp for another podcast, yeah, uh, check out the Midnight Terrors podcast. That is a movie where the fun never stops from front to back, and it still did like dabbles into some icky stuff. But like, mm-hmm. like the ratio of like we are having a good time with everything is much higher than this. Where this is like peaks and valleys. Like it hits yeah. these highs. And then it hits a couple lows. Yeah, I yeah I don't I don't know I think I yeah, I think you're right, uh, Matt. I think I do really give it uh, a filmmaker's uh, review as opposed to an enjoyment review. Yeah, most I'm an of the en- time. I am almost purely enjoyment review. Uh, yeah, but speaking that's good. of enjoyment, because fuck all those pretentious fucks, <laughs> me included. Ninety One Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. 
Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on the regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why are you my facing Floyd Mayweather in the Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. Well, last week I went first on the double feature, so I'm going to step back and do either one of you have a double feature that you want to jump in and, and suggest for for this listener submitted pick. I'm going to let Kyle go first because I know I, I swooped in and stole some stuff from him last month. So why don't you go first? Because I don't want to disappoint you. Oh, you could never. Um, but thank you. Uh, I'm going to choose Blood Delirium, which is something that I had watched. Never heard of it. Uh, and it's, I mean, listen, it is sleazier and probably way, even more uncomfortable than I felt Night Killer to be. Um it is like there's necrophilia there's an artist who goes crazy and there's i think there's like an incestual thing go figure um but it is it really matches the tone of this (laughs) uh surprisingly it's another i think it's another italian one um but vinegar syndrome had put it out and all i could think about was like how oh just un comfy but how i couldn't turn away like and this was this this emulated that so blood delirium was uh was my double feature it's not a fun evening but it could be but it's an evening <laughs> it's more evening than night killer i'll yeah, tell you that there's yeah. that um and for some more italian goodness in broad daylight with a um uh with some dick trauma i'm gonna double feature it with pieces which is why yes, i'm really shocked that, one. that you didn't go with Bro, it's on my... You can't see it. It's on my list. <laughs> it's on my list. Pieces. There it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. I went Blood Delirium, though. Um, and uh, I, so and I went with a movie that I referenced like four different times already in this episode. But it came out the same year, same director, same writer, Troll 2. Troll 2. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Troll 2, I think, is more successful at maintaining the level of crazy from front to back where it doesn't have the lulls mm. um, that this uh, ha- has at some points. Uh, now, normally... At this point in the show, we would talk about some types of movies or TV shows that we've been watching. But as our friends in the Actors and Writers Guilds are still on strike, we are going to talk about anything but those things. So music, books, TV, or not TV, music, books, (laughs) podcasts, etc. I think that there can be obvious leniencies if like you're promoting an independent film or something that's not tied up in the studio system because that's truly what we're striking against. But uh, mm-hmm. Kyle, since you kicked us off with the double feature, let's start with you on that as well. Um, I don't know if I've ever actually ever talked about this on the show. Um, I consider Sonic Youth to be my favorite band. Uh, really? Totally I just before. pegged yep. you as a prim- okay. Primus man, but continue. No, I mean, I love Sonic I Youth. Is do, his number one. I do love. Sonic. I knew that. Sonic, <laughs> Sonic Youth. Sonic Youth is my is my number one, and they just released um, a recording of their final show. Um, and it's on Spotify, but it's also, you know, it's on Vine. They did a whole shebang. But their final show, uh, live in Brooklyn, uh, 2011. 
and I listened to it, and um, I had only seen Sonic. I was only fortunate enough to see Sonic Youth one time, uh, and it was on the Rather Rip tour. I'm gonna say a bunch of shit that maybe might mean something to somebody, but uh, until then, uh, this is that. But I saw them once, uh, and they were incredible. They're equally experimental as well as like jam bandy, as well as like just like regular indie rock as well. Like there's they incorporate a lot of things that I've liked about music and then to see and then hear them live um is amazing this recording is really excellent it takes three decades of their material and applies it to a live performance um you know it actually has a lot more cuts from their like mid 80s to late 80s early 90s stuff than it does anything else that they've done um and then i also i could not help but listen to it while also thinking about how their breakup happened if you've read kim gordon's memoir girl in a band she goes into depth in depth about how her and thurston moore had broken up and had separated from each other and it was not a very amicable um breakup there was some infidelity there was and just like to think about this band that has done all this together um and had this relationship and to think about it in the context of their relationship while listening to this band perform like their last show um is kind of fascinating i i I don't know i i the the recording itself and the songs themselves are chaos as they should be but i've just been i've just sort of been soaking that up and and reflecting on that a little bit um because they're they've always i've always come back to sonic youth um in a lot of ways uh i think I think I need you to tell me where to start with Sonic Youth because they're a band that I've always wanted to like. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, like, I'm looking and seeing, like, what do I own by them? And I, the only album I have by them is Sonic Nurse that I just bought kind of randomly. And it wasn't, didn't really wow me. I liked the song Schizophrenia and I liked um, the song uh, uh, Teenage Riot. Yeah. But that's about as far as my knowledge base goes. So maybe uh, not here live on the air, but at some point, definitely let me know what what yeah. album what album should I start with to actually I know get exactly in. what album Matt Kelly should start with. Like okay. that's the exciting thing about Sonic Youth is that like depending on like sort of your other tastes and interests and whatever, I like I. I can find that and tell you that and then you sort of build out from there. And Perfect. you still might not dig it. Like, you still might not be like, whatever. But, like, I, I have an entry point for uh, uh, an insert point um, for for you. It's <laughs> Perfect. Insert again. Uh, Scott, how about you? What is something that you want to talk about or promote? All right. So I, I don't want to be too big of a downer, but um, – because I know Kyle, sorry. Um, because <laughs> this um, th- this is probably dropping right around the time when this new album is coming out. I need to talk about Thy Art Is Murder. Now, Thy Art Is Murder is a an Australian uh, deathcore band that I have really liked for a very long time. Their last two albums were great. Um, I was super stoked about the new album coming out. The single sounded fantastic, and then C.J. McMahon, the singer came out on Twitter and said that people that support trans youth should be burnt to death. Um, So, and then he, when he got backlash, he deleted his social media um, profiles and said that he's only going, his, like, he didn't really apologize. He just said that he's only, he's gonna be focusing on just using, just promoting the the band's material through their social media. Now I can't support them anymore. Sucks yeah. because I really like that band. 
um, mm-hmm. on the coattails of that, um, more guys came out in the metal community who were anti-trans and transphobic. And the um, one of them is um, D. Fucking Snyder. Really? And the other one, yeah, isn't that a fucking yeah. surprise? I saw, I saw that. Alice fucking Cooper. Now I understand that Alice Cooper is born again Christian, so that may have something to do with his whatever um and then alex terrible from um slaughter will prevail they're a russian death metal band um not super surprised by him he was like super pro ukraine um but i get where a russian dude who is totally jacked is a fucking misogynist so um but the inverse so don't fucking support those bands don't support those people um don't support metal bands that aren't vigorously pro lgbtqia rights and you know women's rights and and abortions right abortion rights and like if you're not listening to to progressive people make metal you've completely fucking missed the point of what metal is um a couple suggestions that i have for you if you want to listen to bands that are very progressive from their front people um cattle decapitation is a huge one um you know, that's that's probably the one that everybody thinks of the most. Um, lead singer of Otep is a huge feminist. She's awesome. I don't really love Otep, but, you know, like, those things are important. Um, I had a whole list in my mind, and I'm kind of blanking on them. I believe that Gaul from Gorgoroff is, um, well, he's openly homosexual, has been for a very long time, um, and is... Uh, in the black metal scene, which is incredibly bigoted mm-hmm. and misogynistic. So uh, he also went to jail for a year in 2016, I want to say, for assaulting a man and saying he was going to drink his blood. So he is a definitely <laughs> a... Um, Sounds hot. He's, Sorry, he's that's a, not okay. uh, he, He's a very um, mixed bag when it comes to that. But um, th- there are a lot of people out there that are vigorously, loudly progressive in their political views. Mm-hmm. Metal is supposed to be about progressive views. It should not be about regressive views like being anti-trans, like saying the trans people and the people that support them should be fucking burned to death. Um, and if you are not part of that, you're not You're not welcome. Sorry. I don't want to be a gatekeeper for metal. metal. <laughs> but you're not. You're Legit. a fucking poser. No, you're not. Like that, that, I, I mean, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And it's so hard, uh, I would imagine. I mean, I'm not in those communities, but I'm in other communities that – you run into that shit all the time, right? And it's yeah. it tears at you somewhat because you're like, oh, I was slash am slash will no longer be a part of this thing or support this thing. But you know, it, it's it is it's not ever easy, but it also is very easy to just be like, okay, I'm done and yeah. move on. Yeah, um, yeah, and so being good, I mean, good like on being, you. When I was in the metal scene, very actively, like so mm-hmm. much misogyny back then and mm-hmm. coming back into it in 2023 it's still there um and the mm-hmm. white supremacy has definitely become more obvious um and yeah. i'm not going to close off that part of my life because right. i hate those belief systems i'm going to be more vocally against them and hopefully safe as i do so but you yes. Make choices yeah. in life, and other people make choices in life as well. And if they want to be confrontational about it, then you have to just accept that that's part of fighting the oppression of of fucking you know fascism. Yes. Amen. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to kind of somewhat bounce off of that, uh, but not totally. Um, 
As I said, I'm always going to use this opportunity to at least promote one Geekscape podcast, so this seems like a good time as any to promote the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast hosted by <laughs> Katie and Marie. Great uh, title. <laughs> I know. Uh, they used to be the Black, or, the Black or White podcast, and then they realized that that is a name that a lot of people have used, and it was almost borderline impossible to find their show. Um, but their show, uh, their tagline is Real Topics, Real Life, uh, was it Real Real Topics, Real Drama, Real Life, Real Time. Um, and it's basically two people who I used to work with when I was doing the like online game show thing for a couple months. Uh, they both got laid off on the same day, started a podcast as a way to stay in touch with each other, and since then has really turned into a just an interesting conversation of two people who have very different lives, um, but still love each other. Not that they they definitely agree on things politically and geeky, but uh, you know, Katie was a girl who was going to school to be a pastor before she lost her faith, and. Marie is a drag queen lesbian who's the daughter of a pastor, uh, and wow. they discuss <laughs> they do discuss yeah. um, life See, I've, issues. I've listened to the show and I've seen a lot of the clips that they post on social, yeah. and I think that they're hilarious. I did not know the backstory about either of them just then. That's yeah. I don't know how I missed oh, it's, that. It's really. I mean, the first couple episodes. There are some episodes that are hard. In the time that they've done this podcast, Marie's father passed away. Mm -hmm. There are multiple difficult episodes where they still record it every single week, and it is like a real-time capsule of her going through the phases of grief on the show. Uh, but it's a really powerful, really unique show that I'm glad to say is part of the Geekscape Network. Uh, and I'm going to do something a little bit different with my other thing. I... You were talking about how the metal scene can be either super progressive or be filled with so many regressive people. And I think something that goes hand in hand with that is wrestling. Um, and I just want to recommend people. Uh, we lost we lost Bray Wyatt this week um, at the time that we're recording anyway. Uh, and it was probably the first time in a really long time that a wrestling death really sh just rattled me to my core. Um Bray Wyatt was one of us. Like, he was a fucking horror nerd. He dressed in costumes that were specifically designed for him by Tom Savini. He was in conversations to write a horror movie with the Soska sisters. Like, oh, wow. he was a deep-cut horror movie nerd. Um, unfortunately, got COVID and died of heart attack complications from COVID. Uh, go check out his matches, a few of his matches. They are some of the most visually insane unique bizarre things i don't think you'll ever see something else like this in the history of wrestling he he somehow was like well what if leatherface and robert de niro's character from cape fear was a wrestler yep. <laughs> with a little yeah. with a little dash of deliverance and it was just him as like a cult leader that would brainwash people to join his cult in wrestling and would do these cinematic matches he did a really interesting like demented mr rogers thing for a yeah. couple years where he had a kid show with evil puppets and like he was clearly had a split personality one that wanted to do good and an evil demon inside of him that forced him to do like he really understood what makes wrestling enjoyable and knew how to play it up and a lot of what made it work was because he clearly loved the horror source material that he was pulling from it is probably the biggest loss that I, in my time in my time that i've seen 
hit the wrestling industry. Like, yeah, I would imagine if for people who were watching when Owen Hart died, or it would be similar. Yeah, like uh, I mean, I mean, Eddie Guerrero was pretty was huge, but this is too, like the creativity this, that oozed out right, of this guy was right. Like, that's the, yeah, and that's the that's the thing, especially for the crossover that this show and our interests have with with um, with wrestling too. Yeah, uh, lo- you, losing Bray Wyatt was. You and I were texting brutal. about it that night, and I literally yeah. said, like, there's a handful of celebrities that you feel like if I had a chance to meet them, be it, like, to interview them for a project or whatever, yeah. that we would become friends. And, like, Bray Wyatt was, like, the top of that list. I'm like, no is the, the reference pools that you would find him making in his promos, I was just like, this guy gets it. This yeah. guy, like, this guy's, yeah. like, diehard horror movie buff. So it's a real, it's a real well, bummer. It wasn't only dropping references, but it was like actually like the building of the matches, especially when during COVID they had all these sort of like more unique sort of interactive cinematic matches. Like he had this whole meta match with John Cena in which he basically went through timelines of like this almost multiverse esque <laughs> match with John Cena that was like, I mean, yeah, Cena it, is like the person that you're supposed post a wrestle at wrestlemania like if you get a cena match that means something right and like and he turned into like a david lynch film it's like a 15 minute mind fuck david lynch film that makes no sense Mm -hmm. it's so it's that's one of the most frustrating ones because like because i followed that whole everything it's the most brilliant thing i've ever seen and it is so hard to try to explain why it's brilliant to somebody who's never watched anything leading up to it they can appreciate the weirdness of it but they don't understand like the layers of how yeah, smart it truly was. I don't think. Yeah, I don't even think wrestling fans necessarily did it a lot of times. Like when this this last iteration of, of Bray Wyatt with uh, the Firefly Funhouse and the Fiend and all those things were a little complicated. But there was so much energy and enthusiasm behind it. He never phoned it in. He never did any of those things. And he was also just a great performer in ring and outside the ring. So it was a fucking. A bummer is an understatement. Yeah, Uh, I literally thought it was fake news. I thought that it. I literally thought that it was like, you know, when they incorrectly announce someone's death, and like an hour or two later, their representative is like, "Nope, sorry, that's because literally everything we heard is like, hey, he's set to come back in September. Like he's been medically cleared to wrestle again." Yeah, but uh, yeah, real bummer. Bringing us down on a down note, I guess. But (laughs) hey, go watch Night Killer. Yeah, go watch Night Killer and, and feel good. It's fun. <laughs> and we'll be back next week with another one of your listeners submitted picks. I mean, look, to each his own, but I, I think one of these viewings was really, really fun. Mm-hmm. And we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs> Ninety-one Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to Ninety-One Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.